0: Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host Matt Belair. Today's guest needs no introduction. He is my friend. He is a spoken word artist. Now he's a musician artist. He's a author, entrepreneur, podcast host. Just all around phenomenal human being. Welcome back to the show, my buddy Adam Rall. What's up, man?
1: Cheers, Matt. Cheers. Thank you for having me back on uh, the podcast. I'm I'm happy to be here. And um, yeah, it's. It's a crazy time we're in, so I, I I love that you can't really quite identify what I do or put me in a box. I feel like that's that's how I like it.
0: yeah, you're a man of many talents, and I'm excited to catch up. We were just saying before we started, you know we could we could add a phone call and discuss most of what we're gonna discuss today, but you've been doing some incredible stuff. I just watched your new spoken word that was uh, I don't know you entitled it something pandemic, but it was uh, beautifully written and composed and just everything you do is phenomenal. And then you've transitioned into music, which is seamless. It makes it makes sense. Um and you did it all yourself, right? You produced it, you did all the the hard work and the song is amazing. The one I listened to, I don't know how many you have, but what I listened to was awesome.
1: Thanks, bud. Um yeah the the new poem that's out is called Pandemic. And um that video is out on YouTube and my Instagram and Facebook and all the places. And uh then the music. Uh, The song that you heard is called Voices, and that's on Spotify and iTunes and all the places. And I'm releasing my second track uh, this Friday, actually, called Go. Um, And yeah, it's been quite a journey. I remember we hung out in Toronto. Uh, You came down and attended this um, event, a speaker slam event that I was judging um, these like speeches and uh, performing at. And then I think I did I share with you some of the music or did I just share with you that I was going to do? I feel like I remember driving in a car and sharing like
0: you gave me some samples. So you said they weren't done, like some of it wasn't done, but everything that you had played, I, I got little bits. So I didn't get the full album experience. But yeah, man, you shared a little bit and I thought all of it was was amazing. So Uh, I'm excited to hear the, how many songs did you end up doing? You have a full album?
1: Well, I have a spoken word poetry album called permission, which, um, is also out on Spotify. That basically is these six poems with these interludes and like taking people on this journey. It's 45 minutes long that I'm really proud of. Um, but that is more of the spoken word poet in me. And now I'm in the full blown musician performer aspect of me where I'm making like pop, slash hip-hop music i mean how how would you define the song you heard voices
0: yeah you know it's cool you you're it's it's similar to what you do but you just kind of added a little bit of a hip-hop flavor to it you know what i mean like it was definitely you but at at, at points your voice was a little bit different a little bit more you know just a little bit more musical but a, like a like a little bit of a rapper man It was awesome
1: yeah i think you know one of the I've been researching gene keys. Um, I I did a deep dive into gene keys years ago and I've just recently reentered into that vortex and uh, been going into it. And one of the, like my life's work um, is really moving from limitation into possibility. And I, I feel like what I am noticing in myself is that I can't stand being told that i can't do something i can't i really (laughs) dislike the feeling of i i can't do this i'm just not capable or whatever it is and um by that's big part of why i'm sharing so openly my journey with all of this because i feel um like it i'm not a naturally gifted person at all of these things. I just know that if I put my mind to something and, and work towards it, I can achieve it. And I, and I want that to be, I want my music and my poetry and all of that to, to be evidence of that for people, that anything's possible, like no matter what you want to do.
0: That's a very beautiful message, man. Well, one of my favorite things about your work, uh, you know, we were aware of each other. I think we did a podcast before we met up in real life in Egypt. And that was a fantastic experience because we just got on each other's radar. And then we're in Egypt in the Great Pyramid with like technology around us doing group ohms with Nassim Haram. And aliens. I knew we would get into aliens right away. Like, <laughs> we've, we've, there's not much...
1: Like that was a very deep way to get introduced to each other. That trip to Egypt.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. One hundred percent, man. Like, it. It's definitely one of those places where you need to go and, and experience and and really see what and feel what that place is like. It is, and in going there with scientists and engineers and mathematicians, most people would think, oh, you have a a better understanding of how these things are built. And I think it's the complete opposite. It just really um, proves the mystery how they're all just theories. They have Some theories sound a lot better than others, and they have a lot of information about why they make the theory. But I think it just opens up the question of, we have no idea how these things were built. They're absolutely extraordinary, mysterious, and... Really unbelievable! Like I just had Robert Grant back on the show, and he's making all these new discoveries and and linking him to Leonardo da Vinci's work and all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, Robert. So yeah, yeah, man.
1: I, I that's something that I share with people um, about that trip as well. Is I went to Egypt wanting to answer some of the questions that I had, and I left with more questions than answers. I actually seeing the pyramids and seeing these things in person is a whole different, like it's just a different thing. There's, there's no way our common beliefs around the technologies that existed back then are absolutely not. um, They don't, the, the story doesn't fit. It doesn't add up. Go look at those things and realize the actual architectural marvel and wonder that all of Egypt really is. And, um, I think that you know tying this back into where we started like there's an artistry to it there's 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 legitimately a um something where you look at it and go, not just anyone can do that there's something special about the entire egyptian culture um uh, ancient egypt and and all of that, but um I, I admire that around it, and I, I still I, I'm going to go back. I are, have you been back since then?
0: I haven't been back, but I
1: definitely will go back. Yeah, yeah. it's I, I, you got to go back. And my I don't know that. I, maybe it's one of those things that we just never figure out the the answers to. And I also wonder how much answers actually exist that just you know people keep hidden I we're in them what what we're in now we're seeing how much information is basically spun and what's kept from people what's since like the censorship and I know that you've probably spoken about it here in terms of your accounts and your podcast and the shadow banning and and all of this stuff like that is happening and we're aware of it now but it's always been happening on an energetic level like that's been happening and people just weren't aware of it and like now we're becoming aware of it but to think about the amount of information that has been kept from us over the last several hundred years or whatever is is pretty wild
0: yeah absolutely man you know that old saying knowledge is power and and thinking about egypt reminds me of the occult and being a martial artist and learning about peak performance one of the interesting things i learned was black magic and when i learned about magic in general and then what i refer to as black magic and and there's various forms of this they you know there's some of the energy stuff in occult rituals which is a bit weirder and i don't understand that it's you know some people say they fly around multi-dimensional realms and stuff like that like i've had glimpses of that space but i don't live in it um but in a very concrete way what i call black magic is if i were to do a magic trick or um you know say hey i'm using telekinesis to move this or one better example is in martial arts I can uh, I can break stone now with my hands, um, but it's more technique than cheat. But there's a way you can do it, which is way harder. Like the Shaolin monks who did it, they broke it over their head and with two fingers. That takes extraordinary training. It's 100% legit. It's insane. It's not possible, but they are able to do it. And so if I do something but i know there's a trick to it and i say i'm using my chi and, and you have to develop it like this protocol and train with me that's what i refer to as black magic it's manipulating something or keeping something out of you or keeping you ignorant to a technology or to an information that will improve your life and it and therefore i become the authority and i therefore have power over you another really good example of this is the sherlock holmes movies remember the one where He's trying to track down that magician and he's figuring out all these tricks he's doing because his plan is to come back, you know, and when he does come back and rise from the dead and do this magic trick, he's going to have power over all these people. But Sherlock Holmes figures out his magic trick. That is also like what I refer to as black magic. Um, Like I think he kills somebody with, you know, a sharp sword, but it it was, but there's no uh, weapon and he ended up using uh, ice, you know, and then it just disappeared. So anyway, it's a bit of a tangent. Um, but, uh, what do you think of all that? I'll figure out a question after you reply to what I just said. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's funny what
1: comes to mind initially is, uh, a conversation that I was having, um, uh, with my girlfriend yesterday, which was talking about, um, the idea of, of casting a spell or, or magic or whatever. And, and, um, to look at things like spelling, right? Like words, um, Words are spells, like what you say, um, energetically impacts the world around you. And an example is if you were to just say, Matt, and you're across the room and I'm like, Matt, and you turn and you look at me, I have just through my energetic intention, through the casting of a spell, pulled your energy towards me. Right? Like, so it's all a perspective to me, like magic and, and witchcraft and all these things. Like, there's a perspective um, that we get to have. What's the, when you see the Harry Potter and they're, they're doing, you know, Expelliarmus and all of these things, um, what they're doing is saying something, casting a spell that impacts the world around them. If, if you think about something like, uh, I love you. To say that from from casting the energetic of summoning love in your heart and really looking someone in the eye and telling them you love them, the emotional impact and emotion, energy in motion, the energy that is moved and cultivated as a result of the spell that you cast is um, incredibly impactful. And so I think that when you talk about magic, black magic, et cetera, um, I think it's it's useful to frame magic in a way um so that because i want people to understand how magical they are like i want people to understand you're casting spells with your words you're you're influencing reality with the words that you say let alone the actions you take and let alone the the energetic frequency that you hold
0: i love that man yep as soon as you started talking about it in that frame i had a whole new bag of worms i wanted to go go with so Yeah, and that being said, I think one of the beautiful things that we have an opportunity to do as a humanity if we don't get censored to death is to create content that is empowering, that is inspiring, that is uplifting, that um, helps people to achieve and believe in themselves and all the kind of good stuff because right now – Um, If you look at the content that's being made, the music that's being popularized, the TV shows and the movies that are all being popularized, usually they don't have a great message behind them. And on a very simple and energetic level, our story is the most powerful thing that you can do to persuade somebody. You know, Aristotle and Socrates were talking about this. If you can tell somebody a story, you can persuade them. You can shift their perspective. You can change their mind. We need to be very – careful with what kind of stories we're feeding ourselves and when we're using our words we're casting our own spells and our mind is hearing that our ears are hearing it our whole body is hearing it and so you have one set of spells that are kind of limiting and binding and it was rupert sheldrake that said um Anything that seeks to restrict or bind by definition is Luciferian. And I think that's the greatest definition I have ever heard of what that means. And what you're talking about is the absolute opposite. And that's what you're doing with your work and your message. Everything that you share is authentic. It comes from your experience and it has tension, an intention behind it to empower and to uplift and also give an invitation for that individual or the person hearing it to make their own creation to believe in their, themselves and to kind of send that uh, energy forward. And I think it's a really beautiful thing.
1: Thanks man. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I just view art as a technology. Like I, I see art as a technology um, where everything you said is true and why that's so powerful is because um, the way that human beings actually shift is uh at the emotional level right like in order it's why in our first seven year cycle um as children we feel so deeply that like we're just a giant bag of emotion before all of our logical constructs go in and and kind of become this filter system um we just feel so deeply i think as adults understanding that like Um, if you want to shift your belief patterns, like truly shift the belief patterns, it needs to be connected to your emotional experience. There, there gets to be a way, and you've done so much work in, in high performance and visualization. Like it's in how you feel, like you feel it in the body. You feel that. And there's nothing on the planet that, um, gets people to feel like art, plain and simple. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are your favorite music your favorite movies your tv shows your favorite paintings like they elicit emotion in you that's why they they you enjoy them so much and it doesn't just work in the quote unquote positive direction towards love and light if that story co- construct of how we get people to feel currently um is either directly um or indirectly perpetuating this narrative of people are not enough that people should be afraid of their neighbors that um we that the world is screwed like all of these things these narratives that are that are being spread through storytelling and art um that is is programming people at a really really deep level and my what i believe is that the more that artists um create with an understanding of just how powerfully their art can shift human consciousness i think that those artists can take on more of an active participant in that narrative but also as the audience it, the more that they understand how art is shaping them and the more that they they desire to be helped Helped in the direction that brings them uh, more love into their life, they're going to start to intentionally listen to watch, receive art that is moving them in that direction while I think so many people right now view TV and movies as as escapism and um, aren't really thinking about what it's doing to them in terms of that like binding constricting ideology there
0: yeah, absolutely there's a lot of really great points. I kind of summarize a lot of that into the Buddhist philosophy of mental nutriments, what you're putting into your mind. And the unfortunate thing is a lot of people don't realize how the impact it has and the emotions and the stories and how they're working and, and the, um, you know, basically the hypnotic language patterns that create emotions and install beliefs without you even being aware of it. It's bypassing the, the conscious mind or critical factor without them even being aware of it. And it's like, I don't know we're all drinking like eight Coca-Colas a day not recognizing how bad sugar is because we haven't gotten to that understanding but if you start to flip that to water and green tea and a healthy diet you're like whoa I have a lot more energy I have a lot more clarity I feel better um you know I'm not I'm not harming myself and I feel like art and what you receive as far as your entertainment and your your media in any way should be curated toward people sharing a positive message. And once again, unfortunately, a lot of those people are getting censored. The one one thing that I'd love to ask you is, you know, you've been on this journey, I think, uh, when we met, you were a regular, regular guy. And then I think you went super mega ridiculously viral after that, right? Then you became the viral guy, which people are looking up, right? And people perceive you different, right? But you're the same person. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you're going to be a musician. And uh, I, you know, I know you're going to go to the stars. We're going to keep doing this thing four years from now. And you're going to be some sort of guy that sells out stadiums in the new world. And with the old crazy ones over here, or everyone's going to be in a bubble, who friggin knows. Um, But it's funny because I've been chatting with uh, Alex Sakaris. he hosts the skeptical podcast I consider him a friend I find him hilarious because he's so skeptical skeptical about some things and then like he's like fine with other things and I'm just like he just like won't accept some things that I'm like this is completely obvious and then he'll go way off the deep end and other stuff and just know it's true and I'm like <laughs> you know I don't understand um, his processing but one of them he goes to me on the podcast he goes you know that whole uh, follow your dreams and money will come or or do what you love and money will follow. Um, You know, that's a pipe dream that will work. I was like, I know a lot of people who've done that, you know what I mean? They figure it out. Um, And so I recognize that people who want to do something as far as art and creativity and music and all of that, it's definitely not a guarantee in no way. It's a challenging process, but the sad thing is I've met so many people who are talented artists or just love writing or they love music or they love whatever it is. And you can tell it lights them up and they're so afraid to put it out there. And I feel like they, they, they might benefit from having the courage to put it out and, one thing I like to share with my clients, I say, if you could get to the point where you release something that you want to create artistically or or from the heart and your best friends write you a handwritten letter and everybody writes you a handwritten letter about how terrible it is and you still do it anyway, that's where you want to get to. Now, I don't know how to do that because I would feel really bad if everybody did that to me, but I feel like you, if, if it's coming from your heart, you need to create it. And it's suppressing that creative force within you it makes us feel unfulfilled and really like a victim to our circumstance. Like we must do this. We must do that. We can't do this uh, beautiful thing that we feel inside. And so what do you think about all of that and pursuing a, a path or a career in, in your creative endeavor, whatever that might be?
1: It's a, it's the difficult path of every artist that wants to, to pursue that. Um, and there's so many different layers to this, which direction to go. One is um, I believe that that art is the expression of creative energy into tangible form. And so when I say that, um, I want people to understand that All of you listening to this or watching this have creative energy. It's your life force energy. That's like we are creative beings. We are made in the image of the creator. We are creators of our reality. Like There is creative energy that flows through each and every one of us. Putting that creative energy into tangible form is is art and like the mug that we're drinking from each of these is an art piece like that that, like um how you cook a meal can be art uh how you clean your house can be done through the lens of an artist um and I think that's a really important piece because so many people are like, oh, I don't sing or I don't play an instrument or I don't draw. And they have this limited view of what art actually is. When you bring your creativity to... um the way that you teach your second grade class, like you're an artist and the medium in which you express your creativity is through how you teach your second grade class, like whatever that is. And so um, I think that's, that's a, a big key piece to this because when you take on that framework and that lens, well now all of a sudden the ways in which you can express your art expand exponentially and therefore the ways that you can earn a living artistically uh, expand exponentially. And um, what I, I believe that self-expression is one of the deepest forms of self-love. When you love yourself enough to say, I'm going to honor my inner calling to express, whether that's how I dress, how I talk, what I put my energy into. I, I, any of it, like when you love yourself enough to say I'm worth expressing my truth. um, I believe that reverberates. And I, and I think that it carries with it a frequency that is contagious and magnetic. You know, one of, one of the things that we all can recognize when it comes to actors and musicians and stuff is like, they have this thing that's magnetic and we go, wow, I, I, they become role models or people that we look up to or try and imitate or whatever. That magnetism to me is an ownership of their expression and the ownership of that expression with what who's popping into my mind right now is like Lenny Kravitz, like owning this aspect of himself where people go, that's sexy. Like that dude's just like claiming it, owning it. And that, Ownership of expression is a form of self love. And so for me, it always comes back to that. I think that expressing yourself is an act of self-love and that's magnetic to people because they want that for themselves. And as a result, they're going to pay you. They're going to listen to your stuff. They're going to follow you on social media that the ability for you to earn a living doing something artistically is expanded exponentially. When you expand what you see as being Art and when you really own your expression, it it magnetizes magnetizes all the opportunities and abundance to you.
0: That was wonderful, man. I loved all that. I really uh, specifically loved self-expression is the deepest form of self-love, and I feel like that's a very accurate description because, you know, Bruce Lee who is, you know, one of my mentors and and I loved his philosophy on everything. He would just say, express yourself honestly. honestly, And I feel like self-expression goes hand in hand with authenticity, right? Do you authentically want to work the job you're in? Um, it's okay to work a job for money and to pay the bills and to be a responsible adult, 100%. My invitation for people is just don't kill the authentic part of you that wants to also write music or engage in a sport or – um, you know, tr- try to be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship is creative um, as well, and then you you create a, a business out of it. So it's just letting that part of you die completely. That I that I like, you know, just don't do that. Like pay the bills and just keep your eye on there because even if you put Stephen Collar would say about four percent, you know, even if you put four percent or ten percent or twenty percent of your week which I did did 4% for mastery and growth, like pushing yourself. But I think it's 20% of your week, uh, toward whatever creative endeavor that you want. And you know, the root of creation or root of creativity is create, you're creating something and you're creating it from your own mind, from your own heart. And it's completely authentic. And at the very least, it's going to feel good. I feel like part of the resistance of, of people embracing that is they want something in return that's tangible or financial which is kind Mm -hmm. of ridiculous right create to create and it's the same thing that i ran into when i was coaching snowboarding is teaching all these high level snowboarders uh some of them were olympians and they you know a lot of people will come and say i want to be a pro snowboarder now some of them really didn't have the talent or skill or the uh circumstances i'm sure I believe anybody can do anything, but you really got to commit. And then I would always ask them, like, what do you really want to do? And most of the time it was snowboarding and this and that. And I said, well, you can do that without being a pro snowboarder. You know, you can do art or music without being, you know, on the biggest stages in the world and figure out other creative ways to to fully engage and embrace that genre and maybe new ways you never even thought of. And so to expand our thinking and how we – immerse ourselves in what we love gives us more opportunity to, um, enjoy those, uh, topics and subjects.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, you're, you're talking to someone here who has a lot of different facets to what I do and, and where I create, you know, I, I, I was an actor in LA. You can check my IMDB. I was on TV shows and different things. And like that translated into becoming a filmmaker. And then I launched my own podcast, The Deep Dive. And now I have my own online community for for group coaching. It's like a modern mystery school called Create, which is uh, the com for anyone who's interested in knowing more about that. But like, and so right now, literally there's an online community for, for like personal development. There's a podcast, there's my YouTube channel and and the different behind the scenes things. And then there's my music, then there's poetry and like all of these things. And I, I had a lot of people say to me, you know, you need to pick one, (laughs) you know, you need to pick something and just focus on that. And they said, people know you as a poet, you're having success as a poet, just do more poetry, write a poetry book, lead poetry workshops, do poetry shows and and that's the thing. But you know, to me it's it's like how how limiting is it on a like soul level when we're talking about self-expression to try and give yourself one facet, one lane and say I'm going to be fulfilled by allowing myself to to have this one lane and where I think that it's at least for me now, what I believe is that there's gets to be a commonality to all of them. And that commonality as Simon Sinek would say is your why, like what is your why? And when you can identify why you are on this planet, when you can identify why you want to do anything in life, like what is the common denominator amongst everything that you want to do, then I think that you could do as many things as you really want, as long as they continue to, to spring out of that initial essence. Because if you are doing it from that space there will be a cohesiveness to all of it. There will be something that people feel and it may take a bit longer. So what I mean by that is if I were to just focus on poetry and have gone all in on poetry and just every month I'm releasing a new poem and writing a book and all this stuff, um, maybe I take off in poetry more and like build that and then have these offshoots and and maybe that's a more effective way of getting somewhere. But like, that's the question. Where am I trying to get? At, like, do I desire to get to a place where I feel the freedom to be able to do whatever I want? Awesome. Why not start there? <laughs> like right now, if I want to start releasing music, I'm going to start releasing music. If I want to start recording, you know, uh, a YouTube reality show, like I did with the art of choosing love, I'm going to do that. And I think that, um, my goal is to feel like I'm living life to the fullest. And if I'm waiting for some external result to give me permission to do that, I've got it backwards.
0: Yeah, man. A hundred percent on all that. Very well put. One of the things that I see a lot of now I want to ask you about, it's a little bit of an offshoot, but there's a lot of this going around about toxic masculinity and some people are saying the the men are being attacked, especially you know white men as privileged and all this kind of thing. And it's I feel like it's gone a little bit wild in in that idea. And I've also observed some of it though. I've observed toxic masculinity in multiple ways, but I've also seen mm, I, I don't know how to call it, but it, it looks like there has been a loss of really high quality role models in in what I look around at my peers. Like, yeah, there are some, but it's it, there seems to be a lot of confusion. I, I feel like it, you know, with men specifically. And I'm just curious your take on what you've observed around that field and and uh yeah what you see going on there.
1: Yeah, I don't believe in toxic masculinity. Um I know it's just a semantic thing, but I, I just don't believe masculinity is toxic. I think that um people who um don't know how to um To be with masculinity in a healthy way, uh, express uh, a shadow aspect of masculinity that is always. Omni, like we have shadow like every every single I have shadow in me I have versions of myself that I face off with each and every day like everyone else that are are my shadows and my fears and my doubts and um but I I think that even in the labeling of toxic masculinity we continue to do this thing which is vilify masculinity in general um I think that one of the this is such a taboo topic in many ways like and that in and of itself is an indicator of um a really unsafe climate uh to not even be able to voice this side without going there are going to be people who think that i shouldn't whatever it's kind of like the reparations thing there's like this idea that the, for for with masculinity that the masculine is to blame for every issue on the planet like are the patriarchy um toxic masculinity um all of this stuff and yet at the same time what that is doing it, when we place that level of uh blame on an aspect of everybody on this planet and the universe as a whole, masculine energy exists inside of every man, every woman, everyone who identifies with any other label. It it exists in the cosmos. There's these, the yin and the yang, the the duality of it, the, the light and the dark, it's there. It's a piece of it. And so if we vilify and say masculinity is to blame for all of this, we are literally saying, "A piece of all of us is the villain. a piece of all of us is wrong. a piece of all of us is broken and i've had i've for myself, my own journey has involved so much of um, accepting the aspects of myself that I used to shame guilt, blame, judge." um i like i like the idea of getting to a space where we can acknowledge that we all have the potential for evil in us we all have the potential to rape kill um be racist whatever we all have that energetic in us and the Healing happens and the healthy way of being with all of this happens when, through the acceptance of that, we, um, we learn to love those aspects because you can love those aspects without expressing those aspects. I don't need to go to go kill someone in order for me to love the part of me that could, that feels a righteous anger and wants to punish somebody. Like I can love that part of myself without acting on it. And I think that right now um, we haven't delineated that. And so the idea is like the, the masculine is bad, with and, and we are um, – by doing that, we've made it an unsafe environment to actually bring into wholeness and acceptance those aspects of masculinity that are the shadow that get to be worked on.
0: Amazing answer, man. You know, I, I don't know why I've never asked that question to anyone, but I was like, you know, I feel like he'd be able to get, uh, give a great answer, and you did because – I've been curious about it. I've kind of been observing the political climate out there and it's been a little bit of mayhem. And so I feel like you wrapped up uh, that portion of what's going on in our world in a very eloquent, eloquent way. So we only got about 10 minutes. I know that we could chat forever. Is there anything that you want to discuss before we jump off? Anything top of mind for you?
1: Wow. Um, anything top of mind? No, I would like to... I would, Well, I have a question for you. I just want to know... <laughs> um when it comes to this this political environment because um, like you're someone I really respect because similar to me, you you're deep into the esoterics and yet at the same time you're incredibly grounded in the real world and you're like, yeah, I, I believe in a lot of this stuff and I think it's fun to explore. but if it's not really applicable to life in a, a supportive way, it's it's you know like I'm gonna I'm gonna probably leave that. And, and so you, you have this balance and from your perspective, I want to know what you see as happening right now, energetically on the planet. Like what is the shift that you see us going through?
0: Holy smokes, man. It's a really deep question and appreciate the kudos. I, f- I definitely feel the same about you and that's and kind of how I operate. It's same with martial arts, you know, it's mind, body, spirit, but it has to be a- applicable You know, if you learn something, it needs to be applied, but sometimes it needs to be practice and discipline before you can get to that skill level. And so now we're in a very fascinating time. My hypothesis, I've heard of this through many spiritual books. It talks about something similar in the Bible of the harvest. And it's like a transition of energy from the research that I've done on human trafficking and all the really terrible stuff that happens on the planet that most people are not interested in. And fair enough, you know, fair enough. It's a terrible subject. Um, I think it's a very real possibility that what we're going through is a transition on this planet from dark forces to the opportunity to create a new world based on new understandings, new values, and new Laws, like laws of the universe, you know, basic stuff that we have been ignoring forever, but we do have these systems, and by Rupert Sheldrake's definition, Luciferian systems. One of my original inquiries is, why do we have war? Uh, why do we have starvation? And when you look in the systems in place on how that's happening, you recognize that they're deliberate, and it's a bit nuts. And same with our food. Any Anyone you pick, if you go down Monsanto and what's happening there, if you go down our medical um, establishment what's happening there if you peel back the layers you're seeing these systems that restrict and bind and my hope is energetically we're, we're we have to see it as a species all of this stuff that we've been ignoring collectively to bring it up to the surface to alchemize it to say holy crap i didn't know that was there oh my god feel it and kind of understand it and make peace with it and say you know what We are done with that. I am not going to be complicit through either ignorance uh, or not looking at it or whatever the case is. I'm going to alchemize this thing. We're going to choose collectively to do something else. And we get to decide collectively what that something else is, building new systems that don't restrict or bind, that move toward freedom, empowerment, growth, and love, understanding, compassion, and all the Uh, great characteristics that exist within each individual and human being. And so I think it's a very individual process because I've had tons of people reach out and have quote unquote awakening experiences being like, Oh my God, I never knew it was like this. Like, you know, Oh, you've been talking about this forever. Um, And then other people that are really clamping on to their existing reality, but it's so easy to poke holes in what that is. You know, it's like, that's not, as real or as solid as you are, are clinging on to me, You're going to have to kind of look at peel behind the, curtain look at the wizard of oz to understand how this reality is working and so it's this individual process of of awakening alchemizing the challenges we have in our own life and how we're all contributing to some of these things that are happening on the planet that we need to face in order to make these big changes because you know people keep talking about the coronavirus and one of the things i said immediately was 9.1 million people die every year of starvation can you imagine how terrible a death would be well if you're talking about pandemics as far as numbers and atrocity that is a no contest then you've got uh how many people in human trafficking i think it's like 40 million something or uh, an estimated 40 million it's a crazy number i'd have to look it up but 800,000 people in the states alone go missing each year so as far as atrocity and numbers crushes the pandemic and so if we're looking at the real disease or sickness on the planet humanity has to rectify those two awful things as a collective and we can and the only way we're going to do it is if we, we become aware of it first shift it within ourselves to decide what kind of people we want to be and then ensure that we can build that in the community hmm. What's that
1: <laughs> beautifully, said. beautifully said i think that um i've i've equated uh this time period is like we've all gotten into an elevator and we are going to get off on a new floor together like we are going to the doors are going to open and we're going to get off on some new f- floor and it's like here we are um and the floor that we get off on is going to be based on what we collectively choose to do during the time we're in the elevator um and i think that right now the, the best thing that people can be doing is, is cleaning up their own shit. I posted this on uh, Instagram the other day. I, I said, the most impactful thing you can do for the world is get your shit together. Um, and, and it's because like right now it, there seems to be this finger pointing happening left and right. And it's, the, it, there's like a justification around that right now, because every, because there's so much heightened politically because of the pandemic, because life has been disrupted in such a way, there are so many abnormal things that we can point to and say, this is why, this is why you cause it, whatever. And yet, it, without rectifying that behavior and turning that finger inwards and saying, okay, how can I personally shift my mindset, my lifestyle, my choices on a day to day, moment to moment basis in order to be more um, embodied in the reality I want to be living in and I want to be creating with every breath I take? Unless we are doing that, then. All we are actually doing is is solidifying a way of behaving that um, is the finger pointing the blaming the externalization of our own fears and wounding and projecting it outward and and so, my hope is that people will find ways to begin that that process of self-ownership self-responsibility um self-exploration and and to do that during this time because every single person is needed Right now, you know that the damage that has been done to the economy, uh, the the damage that has been done in to the psyche, like like the mental health numbers are insane right now. The people that are suffering from uh, mental health uh, issues and depression, and and like there is a recovery that we will be in. Like we're all focused on what we're in now, but there is a massive global recovery that, that is next. And we are going to need frontline workers to do that on an energetic level of just people who have gotten to a space internally where they can, um, they can really embody compassion and um, have the strength to withstand a lot of the vitriol that's, that's um, out there right now.
0: Yeah, brother, I, I totally agree. It's a, it's a challenging time. And I'm reminded of a simple law of attraction teaching. And one of them is, you know, when you're focused on what you don't want, you can just ask yourself what you do want, like the contract gives rise to clarity. So if you go on a terrible date, you know, they didn't hold the door open, they were rude. Um, you know, all these things. You say, okay, great. Didn't hold the door open. What do you want? Somebody who's considerate. Awesome. They talk the whole time. What do you want? I want somebody who listens a little bit uh, better. And so if you take that on a global scale of looking at humanity, rather than judging that person and doing all the terrible things that you could do, if we can embody those things and be the example, which, which is going to probably be challenging. I've had the most challenging experiences of my life with patience and tolerance and uh, you know it 's hard but I, if I act out in in anger or um, become basically just an a hole then i 'm down to that level, and i don 't set the example even if I can recognize that it's coming from a negative place, it's if it's coming from an intention that is trying to negatively harm me and do that, like I can stay on my ground and be protective. But if I lower myself to that level, I'm not setting an example of what's possible. And so I totally agree that our own ownership of how we experience this and embodying the values, the traits, the characteristics of our highest ideals and just to display them um, regardless of what you're experiencing. Uh, you know, I'm reminded of Socrates where he was sentenced to death for disrupting the the minds of the youth, apparently, and, and you know, just nonsense. And he said, uh, I think when he was about to be sentenced to death, he said, I wish I had more time. And just to explain, he didn't, he didn't plead for his death. I wish I had more time. That's what he said. Uh, I think anyway, that's that's what I heard. And I want to write an article about how they would have killed Socrates first for being strong, for being... Open minded for being considerate, but not just listening and obeying authority or groupthink because other people are doing it. You know, displaying the character and the values and the own critical thinking um, of his own person and not, you know, subduing to groupthink. And I think that's why it's so challenging because. Uh, Edward Bernays uh, if you watch Century yourself, they you know there are groups of people really understand groupthink and the power of groupthink and what happens to the mind and the psyche when we all kind of get into that mob mentality it's a very dangerous thing and and the, our, maybe our number one fear as a you know wild human being like an animal is to be separated from the group right to be ostracized from the group and so that's the challenge we're all facing when when maybe the decisions we're making if we look at it ethically and morally and how we want to conduct ourselves might not be in alignment with, with our highest ideal of ourselves and our highest ideal of humanity. So it, I mean,
1: at the end of the day, collectively through social media, through programming, through a number of things without looking at it as wrong, we just look at it as the way that we've operated has gotten us to this place, which by the way, it's, it's arguably this maybe not even arguably but most statistics, it's the safest time to be alive in human history. It's um, the, when you look at what the actual poverty line looks like across the planet, when you look at literacy levels, access to clean water, access to food, um, illnesses, like we are living in a, in a golden age in a lot of ways and it's easy to focus on the negatives, but, but we are in a time that is incredibly special and there's a lot of potential every way that we've acted up until now, including conforming to fit in and like going to schools that are designed to make us basically lemmings to, to work in factories and in corporations, because that's what we needed to get this gigantic thing going. Like th- I, I see it as we got here and now it's just an, an evolution. Like there, it's time to, to evolve. And the thing is, whenever there's an evolution, there's a chrysalis process where there's a breaking down of the identity structures of the old in order to open up the possibilities for the new. And we're in that collectively. And it is harder to do. It is hard to choose to be in the new paradigm when the old one is still dominating it is it is harder to exemplify new ways of being before they've proven to be lucrative or cool or hip or whatever it is and yet if you like that's what makes it inspiring If you're listening to this podcast and you desire to be someone who inspires other people, you become that person by doing shit that people know is hard. So to embody a more loving way of being, to embody a more compassionate way of being, to embody taking ownership over your life and your role in society and the creation of of this together, like to do that is hard. Harder than just conforming into this old paradigm, but that's what makes it inspiring So I encourage every single person who's here and listening to this and watching this Be inspiring but start with inspiring yourself by discovering how strong you actually are To stand for a new way of being because it's time to evolve into that way
0: Beautifully said man This has been wonderful. I know you got to bounce. I think that's an amazing closing statement. Where can people find you, your new album, follow you on Spotify, do all that kind of stuff. Make sure you follow his work. It is some good mental nutriments. It is super exciting. Um, It's beautiful. So share around with your friends. Um, Love your work, buddy.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate it so much. Thanks for having me on. Thank you everybody for listening or watching. You can find me adamroa.com, A-D-A-M-R-O-A.com. I also have my online community where I'm teaching um, multiple times a month in there. Energetic Wizardry is the class that I actually teach and there's a bunch of other classes. uh, That is at thecreatecommunity.com. And then I have I'm Adam Roa on adam.roa on Instagram, Facebook, Adam Roa, YouTube, Adam Roa, and then Spotify, Adam Roa. I got, I got all the places. Check me out. Let's do it. I, my new song, Go, is coming out on October 30th. That's this Friday, um, and I'm stoked to share this journey with with each and every one of you. I have my podcast, the Deep Dive, like wherever you want to find me. Type, type, Google me. Let's let's do it. Let's let's go on a journey together.
0: Yeah, brother, you're out there, dude. Well, keep up the amazing work. It's always a pleasure to connect, man. And uh, excited for your your journey into music. I'm sure it's going to be successful and beautiful, and and excited to see your message spread.
1: Thanks, brother. Uh, yeah, send me a message. Let me know what you think of the new song when it comes out.
0: Hundred percent. Thanks, guys, for watching. Love Please. you, man. Love you too, brother.